Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart to heart podcast ever. Very gentle. Carrie, I'm trying to be very gentle. I want to ease, ease you into this one. Like uh, a rolling train, like a rolling just like Amtrak the, like in the, the night. Like the soft rock of a train going <laughs> through the night. Uh, I'm your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. And I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Ito. And I'm the satisfied virgin, Joe Garber. And tonight we are discussing Heartland Express. Toot, toot. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, Finally, the train sounds behind Ellen. I know the train. So <laughs> right. It's this uh, one of the 8 million real trains that <laughs> I mm-hmm. see every single day. Mm-hmm. One of which could be the Heartland Express. The Heartland we, do, we don't know. Express. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> but we'll find out during our Minute Max where we try to sum up the plot of this episode in 60 seconds, <laughs> beginning with Joe. <laughs> All right. Let me think really quick. The, <laughs> oh, I have to also start a timer. Heartland Express. The hearts are on a train. No, they're in Chicago. Then they're getting on a train. And there's an evil man who says, we will kill this person who's on this train that the hearts are also on. And if the hearts get in the way, we'll kill them too obviously so the hearts are on the train there's some swinging dining car music going on uh jennifer wears the worst outfits i think i've ever seen her in the entire episode there's a woman with a man in a wheelchair so there's probably going to be a pool later on the episode but wait he's actually not doesn't need the wheelchair he gets up and starts like rummaging through the heart's cabin and gets murdered and then jennifer finds him in the cabin and tells jonathan we gotta go get this body out of our cabin but he's not there he's gone they find out that the woman he's with is a witness that was being protected by the man in the wheelchair and he was a police officer and now the murderers are on the train somewhere but they don't know where so they hide her in a case for a harp <laughs> to get her away even though they're just in as just as much danger as she is but they get to go back to their room for some reason anyways they find a guy that's trying to kill her kill him but it's not the right guy there's still a mother and son team that's trying to kill her the end and the end is a dream <laughs> it's a dream <laughs> hopefully for some reason it was all Joe, while you were talking i had how many episodes have we done minute maxes do you know off the top of your head like 30 uh like in total more than yeah. that right has it been like it, 40? It's been almost 50. 40 something. Yeah. 50? Okay. Because for the first time ever, you know, I always am sort of like wandering blindfolded and barefoot, like in the <laughs> woods at midnight when we do these things. But while Joe was talking, I completely like my mind was just like, <laughs> like I and tonight, if I'm completely honest, even though I, I have watched this episode multiple times in my life, mm-hmm. I feel like I cannot describe this plot and tonight was the night when I really need to cheat off Joe's paper and I just <laughs> fucked myself. Oh no. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, welcome to another episode of Ellen talks about irrelevant things, <laughs> but in my defense, things that are still in this episode. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do that for 60 seconds Ellen's now. Ellen's free association minute. <laughs> Shit. Uh-oh. Heartland Express. Jennifer and Jonathan in Jennifer's amazing fur coat are in Chicago where they weirdly show a clip of the Dodgers. Um, Then they get on a train that has more weird people from other 80s shows on ABC than 
any Agatha Christie novel ever about somebody <laughs> getting murdered on a train. So there is uh, Bosley from Charlie's Angels and a woman who's pretending to be his nurse and they're really suspicious and the hearts are like, hmm, they seem kind of weird. And then Jennifer, uh, they're having dinner or drinks and then uh, Bosley ends up murdered in their cabin after rummaging through the heart shit and we don't know why. Uh, Florence Henderson is there with the guy who plays the lead in Inferno and they seem like a mother and son, but they also seem like they're getting it on, which is gross. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So there's one murdered person, one missing body. Then uh, Jonathan fist fights on top of a moving train with the doctor from the love boat, and he kills that guy. Then um, a guy from Barney Miller is like, I'm a conductor, but I'm also an FBI agent. And mayhem ensues. Anyway, everyone's trying to kill her because she's a witness, and they don't get away with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the end is a dream. And it was all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Jacob's Ladder scenario. That was a good one. There are a lot of Who characters. Shot JR because that yeah. guy who is the star of Inferno is also on Dallas. Whenever they have so many characters, it's hard to sum it up in 60 seconds. Yeah. They all matter during one scene. They matter. Yeah. And, just a little bit. But you hadn't mentioned them and you need to loop them in somehow. And it's so hard. I had forgotten about, uh, the medallion guy who Jonathan murders. Yeah. He <laughs> I completely fully murdered him. Okay, he, he straight up and murdered that's him. That's a spectacular murder, yes. too. I mean, like, he oh is holding God. that guy by the medallion and then it breaks. No shit. Yeah. And he plunges to his death <laughs> off the side of an elevated train trestle yes. that is over a ravine. Yeah. <laughs> In the woods. And they show the body, which blew my mind, uh-huh. whistling down to earth where it uh, plunges mm-hmm. into a river and at it the hits bottom the, of the ravine. Doesn't it hit the trestle too? I think so. It like bashes it's a off real, the concrete. It's a real good trestle. like dummy fall. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I love a dummy fall more than most things. So that was like really a great. real treat. Oh, <laughs> We'll get to the fights in a little bit, but but mm. like there's a moment where it's like train one, Jonathan's head zero. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Uh, well, let me give this a shot. <laughs> okay. Heartland Express. The hearts are taking a two day train from Chicago back to LA after some trip. Uh, they meet a crazy cast of characters on the train. Um, one's a guy in a wheelchair. He's got a blonde nurse who's really weird. Uh, they meet them in the dining car or the drinks car. Sorry. And, um, the wheelchair guy disappears. He goes to the heart's room, gets out of his wheelchair, gets murdered. Uh, the hearts then find out that she is not a nurse. She's a government witness, uh, who's about to put away a guy for life. So they hide her in a harp case in the, <laughs> in the luggage car. Um, Meanwhile, Florence Henderson is fucking her son <laughs> and getting hammered constantly. A uh-huh. uh, uh, sleazy Mother. Hollywood type with a medallion is murdered by Jonathan. Um, <laughs> the uh, conductor from Benson is actually an FBI agent. And uh, wait, not Benson. Sorry. Uh, Barney Miller. Barney Miller. And uh, yeah. And they they all, it all ends up being a dream. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shit. Oh, okay. Man. Well, we have a, we have a, 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 a real minute max, a practice minute max <laughs> from our, our favorites, Jenny and Bill. They're going to cover everything and they're going to make us look so bad. Yeah. Thank God. that. We didn't cover the end at all. I don't think any, did any of us get to like no. the villain? <laughs> the Jonathan Hart Center for Traumatic Brain Injuries presents Heartland, Heartland Express. Express. The hearts travel from Chicago to LA via train. Thank you, President Reagan.
Pardon me, is this compartment F? It will be if you leave us the hell alone. <laughs> Jonathan and Jennifer enter the TV Land dining car with Dr. Bricker, Marilee from Dallas, Bosley, and Mrs. Brady. Oh, look, a wheelchair. <laughs> well, that fucker's dead. The hearts discovered that the nurse is really a government witness in a mob trial. And they try to get to the harp of the matter. Mayhem oh. ensues. It's throw Dr. Bricker from the train. Jonathan and Jennifer meet the most milk-toast, wimpy FBI agent of all time. For the first time in series history, Max thinks his bosses are completely full of shit. Wow. Brady Bunch confrontation time. Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan saves the day by giving the bad guy a Louis Vuitton beatdown. All aboard for Dookieville, Orgasm Falls, and Bangertown. The oh. end. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. That was amazing. Uh, yeah. Really good. Uh, oh, my God. Where... Where to begin? Um, this is crazy. I want to say Anne Marie's arc is my favorite part of this whole episode. Her changing after she comes out of that harp case, she went through mm-hmm. some shit in that harp case <laughs> because when she goes in, she's the most docile, gentle person. She's barely a character. She comes out and she wants revenge from the mob. She wears this, like, she dresses as sexy, her, she does her hair. She comes out like Ozu's dragnet girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like she, you're right. Like mm-hmm. something happened. Mm-hmm. All of the, like that weird sandwiches and the way that she was clearly being suffocated to death by the heart. Yes. She's like, I'm not doing this. There's a reason that solitary confinement is. Yes. She changed in that heart case. Yeah. It's so funny to me. And it's not even really acknowledged by the episode that much. It's, no. it's like a secondary thing that she was completely changed by that heart case experience. It happened in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. <laughs> she, oh she comes out and she is screaming for vengeance. Mm-hmm. I would be. I love that. Against yeah, Jonathan like, and Jennifer. I'm putting like, on, I'm putting on this soft gray Argyle sweater <laughs> with matching slacks and I'm going to kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done being afraid and I'm done being suffocated in that fucking weird harp case. When you guys, they said before they put her in that case, both the hearts acknowledge that it's just as dangerous for them to be on the train now because they were all seen together. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to assume. Then they get a note that says, we're going to kill you. And yet they just are allowed to be in their room. It's so funny to me that <laughs> she has, they shove her into this harp case and the hearts are just like allowed to be on the train still in vacation mode. That's so funny. They were doing it for the benefit of the, uh, of, of the witness against the mob, I guess, but it was but... just like, I, I don't know. This, <laughs> This episode doesn't work. Uh, it's fun in, oh, it, at times. It works it, for me. It doesn't work. There's a lot of... So basically everyone on the train is in the mob or or an <laughs> or FBI, FBI agent yeah. or a terrible comedian. Not the comedian waiter. He was actually going to start his comedy career in LA. Oh, I forgot to mention him. Skip Stevenson from mm-hmm. the show I hated as a kid. Real people. Oh. <laughs> Why'd you hate it? Uh, because it's about people. Yeah, <laughs> it was on. That was on in conjunction with that's incredible. Like those. Yes, and that's I hated, incredible. I love. Yes, uh, I hated real people. Real people. I, hate it. I hated real people. Yeah. It was like a an evening afternoon talk show, basically. Yeah. It oh, sucked. it seemed just very up, almost Christian. Mm. Yeah, it did. Up yeah. with people. Yeah. <laughs> it was very. <laughs> yeah. Up with real Not, people. Even as a child, I I'm like, Ugh, like that, the. Like the sulfur and brimstone is just pouring from me as a kid. Just yeah. like, put on that's incredible because there might be a ghost <laughs> thing or the, the creepiest episode ever where they point out that you have microorganisms living in your eyelashes. Ugh. Ooh. <laughs> 
That's creepy. When you guys sing the theme song to that family show, I can't remember what it's called. Eight is enough. That seems, Eight is enough. That seems very Christian. <laughs> like the pie the cooling on the window. Wishes. Yeah. <laughs> That, it's a plate of homemade wishes. That show always did kind of strike sale. me as a weird, like that. The Waltons, Eight is Enough, mm-hmm. like any any like massive family in a '70s show, just felt yeah. really Christian it's to very me. Mormon-y. Like very, mm-hmm. yeah, it was gross. But so this comedian who's very unfunny uh, is waiting on them. They suspect him, mm-hmm. and Jennifer, no, Jonathan thinks it might be him, and then. The next scene is him saying, I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to slay and I'm going to murder them all. I'm going to murder them all. (laughs) (laughs) Through comedy. It's so funny. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Hang on. I'm going to take my glasses off, you guys. Don't be freaked out by how puffy my (laughs) eyes are. That's the other plot. Oh, my God. Whoa. Ellen. Barely see. Go to the doctor. You must be terrified. Every (laughs) time I take off my glasses, my eyes are virtually swollen shut. What (laughs) on earth was that about? I don't know. I didn't understand that at all. Me either. Do you understand that? To give everybody no. context who didn't catch that weird thing in the episode, it's what's his face? Lee McCloskey, his character wears these amazing sort of late era Cary Grant uh, slash Michael Caine glasses when he's pretending to just be uh, Vernon, the motherfucker, literally the motherfucker. <laughs> um, and Jennifer suddenly has a moment where she's like, I think it's Vernon. Because when he basically she says that she can tell he's in disguise by wearing those Cary Grant glasses, because when he takes them off, his eyes aren't puffy. Mm -hmm. And then she goes on to say, like to explain, because Jonathan understandably is giving her the blankest look ever as am I. (laughs) And she's like, because when you wear glasses and you take them off and it's like, I don't understand this at all. No, but as someone who sometimes wears glasses, I'm like, Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Like my hands immediately flew up <laughs> to my eye sockets, and I felt very self conscious. Me indeed. too. I was like, Is that true? Can anyone tell I wear glasses because my eyes are puffy? I completely missed this entire plot point uh, from the show. Oh, <laughs> wow, good because well, you don't wear glasses, so I don't. You're safe well, from the criticism. The, that moment in in the episode lasts one-tenth of how long I just talked about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it flies by, but it also... It maybe blew. it's it's the people that wear glasses really keyed in on because yeah. Joe and I are both like, what the fuck? What's going on? Oh, it, my God. It blew my mind, too. <laughs> I mean, maybe she meant that their eyes get squinty because they're trying to look at things, but that's uh, not was puffy. It, or was it... Was it because he doesn't wear glasses? Like it, he's wearing a dis- disguised right. glasses, yes. so he can't actually see out of them, so he's squinting. Uh, no. But squinting Sh- and puffy are not the same thing. No, true. No, and she was saying when maybe the maybe the magnification from the glasses <laughs> makes it <laughs> makes his makes eyes it look yeah. puffy Puff because he's out. Magneto. Yeah. Because they cooked his eyelids know, because they was... like magnified the sunlight. Yeah, he's like <laughs> a, he's like a so weird. And she was saying that about normal people who wear glasses when they take when everyday yeah, people like take their as glasses if that off. was just an understood yeah, fact like and therefore just... a very obvious tell. And it's like that doesn't seem good. I mean, no. if that was real, considering how many hundreds of years people have actually worn eyeglasses in some form somebody would fix that if that was actually yeah. something that happened like like if glasses were a hyperbaric chamber that sucked <laughs> onto your eyes in order for you to see like yeah were they goggles were they, they yeah. that would be that would be fixed by now you know like i feel like benjamin franklin would have been on that one like oh i hate my puffy eyes when i met you know yeah whatever 
the, con- the con- Congress. Yeah, that would have been. Uh, it just, uh, yeah. So that was weird. I was just, I spent so long trying to figure out what the fuck she was talking about. And I yeah, guess it's strike like, one. maybe people rub their eyes more. I don't know. I don't know. That was so weird though. And they just presented it as a fact as if like, and it was, she was right. The other thing is she was <laughs> proven right that she was, that was the murderer. That was the mob guy. Yes. And it's like, that's so crazy. I, I felt really creeped out by mm. Uh, the characters of the murderous uh, mother and son traveling together. There was something so profoundly icky about the way that they both actors played it. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was kind of amazing. Like it ended up sort of being one of my favorite things about it because there is no normal to me. And maybe I'm just being overly prudy or conservative. But to me, when I travel with my mom, um, my mom doesn't wear negligees yeah. and comes stumbling over to the door of our uh, sleeper car, trashed <laughs> and slurry. Um, and I'm like already in my pajamas, kind of all like you can hear the porny saxophone music in the background. So yeah. that just seemed gross and weird. But also it's always a hint when somebody says mother mm-hmm. um, a million times like Norman Bates. That's yes. just not a good sign to begin with. That's the tip off. Plus his eyes were so puffy. <laughs> I mean, I just, I never assumed, they I never thought puffy. that they were. Oh, right. I never thought that they were mother and son. Oh, were they ever? Because no, it's so creepy and gross. Oh, in the end, they were just pretending to be mother and son. Yeah, they're just criminals. Not oh, very well. <laughs> no, yeah. In a very no, sexual way. Eh. Having drinks together. Mother's always right. I'll have the deal. It's like, ugh. The other yeah. confusing part about those characters for yeah. me is they kept describing that guy as very big and strong and and <laughs> muscular. And he was just... <laughs> Vernon. Yeah, he was just a very regular looking dude. Like, he pretty skinny guy. He roundhouse It's just kicks. the guy from Dario Argento's Inferno. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I, I love him in Inferno so much. Uh, I yeah, He's too. also... He was in multiple 80s uh, teen comedies where he played the college boyfriend always of a teenage jerk. girl yeah. and he's always a jerk. Always you know, his asshole. name is always Chaz always or something Blaine. like that. Yeah. Yes, Blaine okay. or Chaz. And I, uh, I've i always He's pre-James Spader and pretty in pink. He really paved the way for that character for sure, for Steph. Uh, Word. Right? Word. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, he was the, kind of in the eighties. He was kind of a he. He be he bulked up in the eighties. Like he, he didn't was kind look of that but bulky in this, to me. No, in this he is very he's very slight. Yeah, super slight, and it's just they kept talking about him as if he was this big bruiser, massive, like he's yeah, like giant right guy. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? Who? What do you? What do you mean? <laughs> I I do want to just I know we're since we're talking about him, I do want to talk just a little bit more about Lee McCloskey because. He is amazing in Inferno, and I do love him. His voice is like crazy good, mm-hmm. even when he's saying creepy things like mother. <laughs> and in real life, Lee McCloskey is a painter. Oh. Um, and he's really into creepy shit. Like Lee McCloskey is a spooky person. Oh. Ooh, and so you cool. look at him and you're like, that guy's not spooky because that's the guy that paved the way for Steph and Pretty in Pink. Yuck. But in reality, he is the guy that was on Dallas mm-hmm. being like the blonde, perfect 80s dreamboat. But in real life, he is a spooky painter and a Ooh. spooky person. And that is that. great. I That's love awesome. him even more now. So, yeah. So big up to Inferno, man. <laughs> love it. Love to right. see him. Lee McCloskey, come on the pod. 
come on the podcast. Please, <laughs> wow. please, we can talk about tarot cards and your paintings. His paintings are gorgeous. Can we do a tarot reading? I would love that. <laughs> Holy oh, fuck. shit. Is this one of his paintings? Yes, I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. It's like wow. super psychedelic, amazingly detailed. Those are gorgeous. Holy shit. Holy crap. That's awesome. Right, um, so Lee, come hi. on the pod. We love you. Hi, hi. We love, yeah, love, we love you. And the, I love <laughs> the silliness of his role with, um, I'm spacing her name. Florence Henderson. Florence Henderson. Florence Henderson. <laughs> they were great together. She was so funny in her slip. She's hilarious. And just smiling at them. And yeah, she was great. I loved her in this. What, what a great way to flip Carol Brady, right? Mm-hmm. That was really There was, was a awesome. scene, really the scene in the bar car where, where there was like music playing <laughs> yeah, and she music. shows up with this giant glass of liquid <laughs> and, and like immediately brings it to her lips and her eyes are lidded. And I'm like, she's hammered. Yeah. This is so yeah. funny. I am like, loving this. And then, and the next scene is the, like, her in a negligee. Mother doesn't drink. Just but... <laughs> stay warm. The train is so chilly. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite excuse for drinking. Yeah, it's, it's so cold chilly. in here. Yeah. I'm cold. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna drink. Give me dorm. another seven and seven. I'm so cold. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're traveling from Chicago to L.A. on a train, which which takes three it's days, so, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, she was in that harp case for so long, like fourteen hour stretches. Every time they open it up, she's like comes out like fully panting, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> gasping for air. The first time they open it up, they did they give her a bottle of Jägermeister, like they. Gave her a bottle of brown <laughs> liquid, and I was it like, "It looked what? like a weird jug, like that they got that. That was strange. Where it's yeah. like, are they giving her like molasses or something? Like they what's were, happening? They were fucking with her. But what they I were liked, totally fucking with her. What I liked was when Jennifer said they were all out of pate. Yeah, and of course, to me, if you're out of pate, I'm getting off this fucking train. I don't care anymore. I don't even care about testifying. Yes. You're medall- medallioning yourself off the train. Out of pate, eat shit. This train. Yeah. Speaking, yeah, no, I'm not going to get on a train without pate. <laughs> That's kind of the one biggest plot hole to me about the episode is just like, get off oh, the no fucking pate. train. I know, yeah. it is yeah. the worst thing. Well, that's, they, yeah, there's no so pate. many stops. Like, they, yeah, they, get they, off. she could have gotten off the train at any time. I know, and just rent a I car. I know, why not just jump off and start a new life in Elbow, New Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joe, I know that you're a fan of trains. Yes. Um, have you taken any extended train trips? So yeah, like my the so the weirdest thing about this episode to me, I used to take the Amtrak from Seattle to Montana every Christmas for like Christmas mm-hmm. break to go to my because Whitefish is the stop. Yeah, right? it's a huge so, yeah, it's yeah. a train depot. I've taken the train to Whitefish before. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's such a beautiful Great. ride through the, the snowy mm-hmm. mountains. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. whenever I think about that time of my life when it was like in college i was listening to a lot of joanna newsome and reading f scott fitzgerald short stories so the fact that there was a giant harp on this in this train was like what the fuck (laughs) joanna newsome was there yes joanna newsome was on that train it was like the train trips i used to take singing ode to zelda or some shit yes that is insane it was so so funny but it's like so beautiful. F. Scott Fitzgerald short stories, this like harp music just through the snowy mountains. Fucking so beautiful. Stop looking at me, Ellen. The observation deck. Uh, but that's that's basically the extent of the train trips I've taken. Have you guys taken a lot of any Amtrak trips? I think the longest was, was the train from Seattle to Whitefish. Yeah, it's a nine hour overnight. I've done the train from Seattle to Vancouver, BC and Seattle to... Oh, I guess I've done that too. Uh, 
Portland mm-hmm. several times each, and yeah. I love those train rides so much because they're like they're four hours. They're so beautiful, yeah. and I love to sit and drink and eat. Yes. <laughs> so, so nice. Yeah, I love train travel, mm-hmm. and um, and my parents love train travel. They actually took the train across Canada, which oh, I wow. hope to do at some point. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess I've done a lot of West Coast train travel. Like Eric, I've done a lot of the ping ponging back and forth, Portland and mm-hmm. up to Vancouver, and that's super easy and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a kid, my grandparents lived on a farm in Spokane. So we would sometimes take the train for, you know, just to add that extra layer of fun. And that was at a time when I was a kid, when they had still like the full on dining car experience. And I just super loved it. Also, it just makes you feel like you're in a movie or a book and there's so many great um, works that are set on trains. But my, one of my favorite excursions was weirdly on Christmas one year, I took the coast starlight from Los Angeles uh, back up to Seattle and it was just like so gorgeous mm. and super mellow like of course understandably almost no one on that train except me the weird uh, woman on Christmas on the train mm-hmm. um, and that made it just perfect so that's awesome. I always think like and I know this isn't going to happen but I'm always like oh if I ever got married I'd take my honeymoon on the train across the country and I'd get off and stay at all of the National Park Lodges. Um, so that's not going to happen, but you know, whatever. I mean, but that's exciting. Never say never. <laughs> to think about. That would be about. so fun. I'm more likely to be trapped on Snowpiercer <laughs> <laughs> than I am to be getting married and doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that train travel in the United States was as, as uh, easy and common as it is in the rest of the world because some of my favorite train memories are Japan and Spain because mm-hmm. um, mm. I took a lot of trains in Spain and it was so... Uh, one, like those fast-ass trains, those real fast ones, mm-hmm. are fun as fuck to be on mm-hmm. and it's it feels very sci-fi. The food is better. Mm-hmm. Um the people Those are gorgeous. <laughs> You're in Europe. Yeah. I didn't even think about, about uh, or Japan. I didn't even think about European tra- travel, I guess because it's so taken for granted and so folded into the transportation system yes. that it d- didn't stand out to me the way that yeah. like we all went immediately to American train travel. It's such a novelty. The West Coast, we don't have commuter trains particularly either. And I think that's mm-hmm. a difference too, is that. Being yeah. on the West Coast, we don't have a big commuter rail system. Yeah, yeah we're clearly like on the other side of the Golden Spike, mm-hmm. where for some reason people were like, I guess we're not going to use trains, you guys. Yeah, totally. I wish <laughs> that it was less of a novelty in America, because getting a sleeper car on an Amtrak is like thousands of dollars oh, yeah. in the it's, U.S. It's it fucking first-class flight. sucks. And in Europe, a lot of times you just are given a bed, because it's just the standard, if you buy a seat on a train, you have a bed that you lay down in and you can sleep and it converts to a like a bench that you can sit in and it's so awesome i did that from Uh, venice to budapest and the guy the conductor it was me and another like australian guy and he was like locked door because of gypsy (laughs) and and then walked away and we were like (laughs) no okay what the fuck i know the sleeper car situation so great i've only done that for like a one night Thing, but it's so worth it because who doesn't want to pretend to be Eve Kendall in North by Northwest? I do, and yeah. I totally did, except I was by myself, which I guess makes that story sort of sad because the Eve Kendall story without a Cary Grant, without Roger Thornhill, is sort of tragic. But whatever, she is a double agent, okay? Mm-hmm. It's just so expensive. And uh, she has a job. She's a professional. She's um, 
an industrial designer. Uh, I just wish it was a, a little bit more affordable because it's yeah. really not. It's so expensive, but it's not super cheap in Europe though, too. I remember being like appalled the last time I was in Germany and had to take a train at short notice. Oh. And I was like, motherfuckers, what? Really? Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. I'm like, should I just drive? Like, yeah. is that a better idea? <laughs> um, I might just be cheap. <laughs> my other train experience that I wanted to talk about on the podcast was I was on one of those trips to my hometown and I was in the observation car at like two in the morning because I couldn't sleep. So I was just like, had a sketchbook out, was drawing. This guy comes and sits next to me and he's sort of like, you know, he's like a bruiser kind of guy. And we, he was just talking. So he was, uh, him and I were the only people in the, in the, car and he says oh are you an artist oh that's cool and then he's like can you draw a picture of my wife and so <laughs> he just kind of forces <laughs> forces it onto me so i'm sitting there drawing a picture of his wife and he's telling me his backstory about how he just got out of jail and so and he was no. making these like bands out of underwear for picture frames no. so i'm drawing his wife just so terrified of like making her look <laughs> ugly because this like guy who just got out of jail is like staring at me while i'm drawing at two in the morning it was so weird and i was like I i'm gonna go to bed <laughs> i gotta go bye <laughs> like ran away it was so scary <laughs> I realized one of one of my first memories about train travel comes from one of my favorite books of all time, which is The Wolves of Willoughby Chase. And the poor cousin takes the train to the estate to Willoughby Chase. But on the way to the estate, like at night, all the wolves come out and they jump on the tracks and the train has to stop and everybody's in danger because it's Victorian England. And I guess that's when everyone's in danger of wolves or something, even though they're in a train, I'm not sure. And like, obviously all the dudes on the train have guns, but so she's in the compartment with the creeper that we later learn has the hilariously Victorian evil person name of Mr. Grimshaw. <laughs> and he keeps offering her stuff um, to eat and whatever. So it's like the, most insane stranger danger sad like victorian wave nightmare and then she literally has a nightmare while she's freezing solid um in the far corner of this train compartment and she dreams that mr grimshaw turns basically turns into a wolf and he had offered her like all these crazy things like he's got a carpet bag full of all the most delicious things ever she's poor and sad and has like i don't know a square inch of ham or something i can't quite remember <laughs> mr grimshaw turns into a wolf and then opens um a beautiful like velvet covered box of <laughs> chocolates with the ribbon on it and they're all different colors and he offers them to her and she takes one and when she bites into it it's snow. Oh, hmm. oh, God. That's anyway, so that happens on a train. I don't know why I'm talking about it. But <laughs> then, then, you know, then the wolves attack everybody. The end. <laughs> Does she really die? Spoiler alert. Beginning of the book, but it's, <laughs> oh, you know, that is, oh, man. That's what awesome. an adventure, kids. Why are we watching television and talking about it? Because books, you guys. Just take a train instead. Hey, I've, I tried to get you people to talk about a book, and it was like. Oh, that's right. Good oh, books, yeah. you guys. It was like I yeah. asked you to my friend, learn heart surgery. My friend, Marie, who also grew up in Wayfish, <laughs> was taking the train one time, and she she met the a conductor he was i don't think he was on duty but he was he would drive passenger trains or whatever the conduct them you know speed them up and slow them down Inge engineer <laughs> he was the engineer engineer yes so okay she, he and i'd he be was, alarmed if the conductor was driving the train. <laughs> yeah he was telling her all these stories about like 
how human legs are actually much heavier than you think they'd be because <laughs> he had God. to he had to clean out a, a human that got cut in half by the train and how bad a bear smelled after it had, had just been like destroyed by a train and just how all these stories about how you can't stop like you just if you see something you're just plowing through it there's yeah. no there's no mm-hmm. point in even trying to stop and this one story which i Try not to find as hilarious as I find it. I don't, it's like not a funny story, but it, this, my image of this story is so funny is that there was, he was in Montana or somewhere snowy Canada or something. So the train tracks had been plowed out. So there was this like Canyon in the train tracks basically. And an entire herd of caribou or deer or whatever oh were on the tracks running from oh, no. the train and you can't do anything you just have to no. mo- but i just pictured this like cartoon guy with all these like caribou <laughs> flying over the windshield just yeah. with, like dead face yeah. just like oh. nothing i can do <laughs> it's like so horrifying i met see i i also oh. laugh at it but i'm imagining it's so terrible them being horrified yeah. and be like oh my god oh, no, like, oh, no. run run oh, oh, sorry run, I... run faster and my Okay, and I'm not laughing at that, but I do have a question, which is really people aren't figuring that legs weigh something because I mean, people's legs are half of their body, almost <laughs> half of their body. And it just seems like a kid's leg. I could see people being like, oh, that's, that's nothing. You just like fling it over your shoulder yeah. or drop it into a sack or whatever. But I feel like once a kid is like 12 or 13, then mm. that leg starts to have a little heft. Yeah. It starts to weigh something. That's it true. starts to take up space. You I'm know? pretty sure and my legs are the like majority an adult male of my leg. Weight, so. Yeah, mm. I feel like I would be like, fuck, Eric. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Your dismembered legs are so heavy. <laughs> you asshole. Stop body shaming me. <laughs> Stop body parts shaming you. Dismembered body Speaking of body shame, you. Max. Max's legs would be super light. Oh, Max. <laughs> Max. <sighs> looks the most cracked out in this episode than he has ever been in the entirety of the series to this point and it is terrific it's amazing so funny and amazing i so he in the opening scene which which still like the writing of this scene left me wanting uh but jonathan and jennifer are about to have their little like romantic champagne lunch on the train max pulls out a deck of cards and off like makes a vague offer to Jonathan uh, to join him in this or not join him, but to partner up in this poker game that he found out about to, to back him with some funds. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The way that played out was so confusing to me. (laughs) I was like, Max, he doesn't want to play cards. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Also this, the, the whole charade of pulling out the deck of cards. Why are you bringing cards to a poker game? You don't need to. Uh, I'm sure they have them. and Or maybe that's a thing. Maybe when you're playing back alley poker, you bring everyone brings their own deck to prevent cheating. Mm-hmm. I do sort of love that, though, because it's a great way to deal with the character of Max mm-hmm. in the context of this supposedly shorter than it actually is train trip. So I love it. And I think Lionel Sanders is so great when he comes in oh, and God. his hair just looks... His hair is going in the opposite direction that you would normally think human hair might go. And he's just so wasted. He's yeah. unshaven, which is the first time we've seen him like with 
any shadow whatsoever. He looks filthy. <laughs> he mm-hmm. looks filthy. He looks like he's covered yeah. in dirt. And, it's gnarly. And he's also, I love that he was basically like, so either hungover or still drunk <laughs> that still he just like dismisses Jonathan and Jennifer completely. He's like, fuck he, you guys. <laughs> he is at that point of drunkenness where you're basically just swatting away everything that mm-hmm. is within about a foot and a half of you, <laughs> whether you are dismissing it and swatting it away with your words or literally physically swatting it away. <laughs> it is that moment of slurry, weird, lurchy, good-natured drunkenness where it's like, bah, bah, where you're just doing that one and like waving your arm in the air, like, ah, bah, like slapping it down. Mm-hmm. He's a million percent in that space and it is so hilarious. It's wonderful. When he tells the hearts that they should be, eh, they should be <laughs> mystery writers, right? It's <laughs> yeah. so hilarious. Mm-hmm. That I love seemed, that moment. That, that moment seemed a little incongruous to me. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Just because, overall. yeah, mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And I, I love, I want more drunk Max. Um, yes, yeah, me too. Please. I want, I want drunk uppity Max. Like that's, that's yeah. kind of yeah. my favorite thing in the world. Sassy Max. I feel like the true thing, Max. Yes. (laughs) I feel like he wasn't written into this episode originally, Mm -hmm. and then they just tagged him (laughs) in at the last minute because there was a moment during the episode where I said, Where's Max? Like, where the fuck is Max? Yeah. (laughs) A whole bunch of shit has gone down, and Max is just playing. He's been playing cards for like two days. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I get it. Of course, you know, if you can, you can, but. When he offers them a deck of cards and they say that they're just going to fuck at the beginning. (laughs) Exactly. But I, him, him basically saying like push to them when they say like all this (laughs) shit is going on. Maybe it's because he was drunk and tired and just like, please leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it, but it was like, Max, you know who you work for. Like this, all of this stuff is very obviously really happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I want to shift gears and go from that scene, which filled us all with sort of confused delight Mm -hmm. because it does not make a lot of sense, but whatever, I'll take it to a thing that I didn't become angry. I just, I don't even know what I felt, but why is Jennifer on the train dressed as Casey from party down? Oh, you, okay. okay. I was just going to bring this up. I was just going to. Ask because the jacket in the jacket does not improve the look. No, no, it worsens it. It makes it look more like she's the help when she showed up. When she opens, like the door opens, and we're like, "Does she work for the yes tr- Amtrak now?" And she opened well, a whole and can hot of on worms. The heels of the episode where she they think she's Ethel at uh in at the mansion in Rio Balsas. It's yeah. like, this oh is yes, yeah. I don't understand what's happening. When she got that jacket though, she opened a whole can of worms for me because she says, I got the jacket. Then where did I get the jacket for the suit that you bought me for Christmas? Yeah. And I'm just like, Jonathan bought you that suit? My brain went to, that's not for you to wear outside of the house. Yeah. <laughs> like he bought you that oh, like, no. so, like to do some sort of sex fantasy like where you're, sort of you're a car dealer. Sex game. <laughs> yeah, you're either a cater waiter oh, yeah, or totally. you're a car it's a, dealer. It's a casino dealer yes a million percent yes and there's nothing wrong with just so we're clear there's nothing wrong with that outfit in the context of work no, there's nothing no just uh, her choice to wear it on the those stream. jobs are great but she, but it's just something that doesn't make a lot of sense for jennifer to wear 
it's it's a misfire it's yeah. a misfire there's there's things where she's wearing like riffs on tuxedos and it's really great yeah there's things where moments where she, in the series where she wears skirt suits and all of that mm-hmm. but this is none of those things no this is straight up plus casey the from bow Party tie Down, and the, i <laughs> don't understand what's going on anymore the bow tie was like a a, a ready tied like mm-hmm. it was it was Attached so to her weird. body with a simple string, so probably elastic. High collar. This was so cheap and just weird. I didn't. Yeah, How cummerbund. Do you go from wearing what that amazing doing? fur coat. The fur coat was fantastic. They easy. looked. They all looked great outside. They, the only other outfit that yeah. uh, that Jennifer wore that I thought was cute was her uh, what looked sweater to be cashmere beads. sweater yes. <laughs> at the very end. No, I didn't like that one. That was ugly. I didn't like the grandma. The grandma knit. No, it was the, the yes. very, no, I didn't like oh, that one either. Oh, I like I, that the, one. the knit, the knit gold beaded thing, mm-hmm. green with the, with the starburst. <laughs> I thought that was tacky. Yeah. The very end of the episode, she's wearing that. a, I, I like she's wearing too. a brown, it's brown and gray. It was like a, it's a, a, a mm-hmm. winter she's sweater. Wearing it with the rust colored knickers. Yes. Ski but it's, yeah. but it's cashmere and it's, Gorgeous on her. It looked so good on her. Know. Just the colors look good on her with her hair. Yeah. Everything. It was it was the right look for, for her for a train ride. Yeah. Because it was comfortable. It was stylish. Yeah. And it was complimentary. Mm-hmm. Um, that palette is very much of the moment because you'll notice like that Florence Henderson's character is also wearing a similar <laughs> Uh, toned sweater dress. Mm-hmm. When they we first meet those characters, she's wearing a gray sweater dress with a brown and a tan pattern. Anne Marie also it. is wearing this very weird caramel colored dress blouse. Her nurse, huge. her nurse uniform. Yeah, the weird peach, <laughs> oh, is that what it was? peach dress, peach dress with the turquoise blue hair ribbon. Oh yeah, okay, the hair ribbon. Yeah, yeah that, that was throwing very me off. odd. And then I mean, odd. Maybe she was supposed to have this big like reveal in her cool sweater later on with her hair down and, and be like, I'm not a nurse after all. I'm a cool witness. I loved her Argyle sweater. Yeah. Uh, she looked I, great. She looked fantastic. <laughs> she looked, I mean, she, she looked, yeah, that first outfit isn't doing her any favors. Mm-hmm. Also when she gets on, she's dressed like a nurse from 1912. Like she's dressed <laughs> like she just came off the battlefield somewhere in Europe yes. and just narrowly escape getting mustard gassed. Like <laughs> yeah. she's pushing Bosley onto that train and it's just like, what's happening right now? Yeah. What is this? But, oh, but uh, when she, when she comes out of the harp case screaming for vengeance, then she's like, I'm in these very comfortable gray slacks and a fitted Argyle sweater. Yeah. And I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> yeah. Also I've snapped. Two. I've snapped I've mentally. Snapped. But Jonathan's yeah, suit. Like, I'm going to kill some people. Jonathan's weird rust colored suit that he wears. He's worn that before. That yeah. is not okay. That's not okay. Also, why did you. I don't like that color. No, that color is terrible. I have a problem with. I think if it was a different color, I could get down with it a little bit. I more. couldn't even notice the cut. It was so just bleh. like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. What's wrong with you? That color is a curse. Yeah, it's not good. And offset by Jennifer's green gold sparkle I like that outfit. very I confusing it. It it's was, everyone it was is real... like bad harvest tones yeah it was a, yeah. it was a color wheel fail that was like a Christmas dress though it's like a Christmas party dress it was I feel like we've seen her <laughs> wear that before or not a dress but a sweater and I just like she, she belted it with the pants it kind of looked like a jumpsuit I don't know I just didn't think it was flattering 
Yeah. I really like that sweater. I would totally wear that sweater, and especially because it's dark green. But would, would you belt sweater. it? I don't. I don't do slacks though. Mm. Yeah, I, don't, I see, like, don't do. That's, yeah. I don't do fancy pants. It's a period. It's a styling. My life does not require fancy. It's a styling pants. issue for me. Fancy pants. Um, yeah. yeah. None of the. So none clothing. of us. None of us brought this up in our minute maxes, which is shocking to me. Uh, but Jonathan, that there's a murder plot. <laughs> Jonathan. Yeah continued his rich tradition of jumping onto moving jumping vehicles. onto moving things he, he he like says to her like i'm gonna drop in from above and right it's climbs like, no, no, onto no, no, a no, moving no. fucking yeah, train that was really funny and stands on it mm-hmm. and just walks along that was the craziest stunt scene yeah in some time i was just like oh yeah. like, what's happening some of those stunts you know, are and then really cool because they're you can tell they're actually on a train you know it's people hanging oh off my the side God. of a train really cool that was bananas mm-hmm. most of it That's was banana stunt thing really funny when it shows jonathan rear projected oh, and I it's love just that. a shaking train yeah top. i love it love that uh at one point you could see Cer- the film gate in the in the background which is pretty funny certain little elements of this like i loved the train sets because those are totally 1981 passenger train sets <laughs> with the carpeted gray carpeted wall like oh, a million percent the chairs, the chairs that are just not fixed to the ground at all the, <laughs> The way that Jennifer kind of like sways back and forth when she's walking through the cars, that totally happens. Um, But in terms of the fights, I don't feel like I need to go any further than just to state simply that when Stephanie Powers cold cocks Florence Henderson, that is a punch for the ages. I mean, that's like, (laughs) that's something that I am just, I've just took it in. I put it. I've compartmentalized it in a special place and periodically when I need a big feeling, I don't even know what feeling it gives me, just a big feeling. I'm going to open it up, like lift the lid of the cigar box and just peep in and it's going to be Stephanie Powers cold. Coffee, Lawrence <laughs> I'm going to do you one better but, because that's going up on the Instagram. So it'll be oh, on fantastic. a, it'll be on a loop. For the eternity that Instagram exists. (laughs) Are you going to show Vernon disarming two people at the same time? Oh, hell yes. That that was was so good. That was amazing. Vernon, so. But I feel like Jonathan, in addition to doing his usual thing where he like, it's just immediately on top of whatever fast moving vehicle happens by or that they're in, which is. Yes. Has happened many times. One or the other. Um, His hatred for stacks of luggage persists. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, weaponizing luggage Mm -hmm. also happened and luggage is a frequent weapon in heart to heart yeah luggage and Jonathan hates luggage oh yeah I feel like he likes the moving vehicle thing he seemingly hates luggage yeah so it's from his his hobo days that's a consistent thread (laughs) that's a consistent thread and then at some point Vernon like slams Jonathan into the side of the train car, which I also found that weirdly hilarious was crazy. Um, I was so surprised yeah. because that's a real train. Yeah. It's probably it's stuntmen, yeah. obviously, but they are pushing each other against an actual train that is moving. That's so dangerous. Oh, that, seems- <laughs> that, that scene in particular though, that was really funny because the train was coming to a stop, Yeah, but it was moving. Yeah. It was, and then as soon uh, as, was- as soon as Jonathan <laughs> hit it, the train was stopped. Like it was just like, yeah, it was totally. like, <laughs> like he stopped the train. Yeah. 
Growing up in, in Whitefish, where the train would go through, we had a train right outside the back of our house. The tracks would go past. Uh, we had to watch these safety videos of all the little different train things, you know, like the things can whip out and cut your head off. And like if they put little <laughs> explosive, they put little explosive Yikes. packs on the tracks to warn trains of upcoming danger. And somebody once hit it with a hammer and it exploded the hammer into their head and killed them oh and just all this kind of stuff. So I feel like I'm extra touchy about train safety and just the, the shots of Jonathan and fighting that guy that he th- ends up throwing off the trestle there are shots of two men hanging off of a real train it's which i was like that seems <laughs> you know so high uh production production value for this episode it was really i was i was really impressed by that during the opening credits when i saw that the the cast was listed in alphabetical order i was like oh shit we have an ensemble so everyone's gonna be somebody mm-hmm which mm-hmm. I always love. That's yeah. always that's always fun. Mm-hmm. It's an mm-hmm. it's an old mystery trope, and it's great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the stunts, the uh, <laughs> the the dummy drop over the the elevation <laughs> trestle, <laughs> so good. Uh, the the fights. I thought the fights this episode were actually kind of great, like yeah. very yeah. intense, and in, in a way that they haven't been in most episodes. <laughs> Although I do think of Murder in Paradise and the <laughs> the five minute old man the fight longest scene. <laughs> fight ever with Dolph Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. The choking. But yeah, this is like this. This episode felt like okay. They're they're using their status as a hit show to to do some spectacular things. It's a flex. It is a flex. This episode is like a a November sweeps flex, right? Yeah, totally. Because it is like the heart-to-heart love boat on a train episode and not just because Bernie Kapow is on there, but because it's just like, oh my God, this is like Battle of the Network Stars. There's so many people on this train in this episode with them. Um, Yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, I like to see people from Barney Miller all the time. Yeah, no, that was great. Anywhere. I love, I love him. Not just I love Miller, him so much. So it was it. really good to see him. Yeah. I just I I wish that it was better written. And I mean by I mean yeah. the, the the plot. So yeah. many good good things to this episode, but yeah. it doesn't quite mm-hmm. click together. No. And that's disappointing because the I mean, a train is just there's just so much opportunity to really play with that you know it's it's a class it's a closed door mystery which we all love so much right and just the the legacy of amazing train thrillers you know you think of the multiple agatha christie stories that take place primarily on a train you think of things that are like tangential like high smith's strangers on a train you know like it is it's canon Mm -hmm. for being thrilling even just just films that have like a brief moment on the train like double indemnity or something it's just exciting it's super exciting it's there's just a heightened excitement and tension anytime you have characters on a train and yes. i haven't even said north by northwest except earlier when i went on and on about eve kendall <laughs> but north by northwest like mm-hmm. come on i mean that really sets the bar for exciting mm-hmm. sexiness on a train romantic for me the 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 element of the train and a mystery Sorry, I'm a little tipsy now. Um, I, I need to eat dinner. You're you're uh, Florence Henderson. I'm Florence Henderson right now. <laughs> you just said you need to eat dinner. <laughs> I need to eat dinner. I need to eat dinner. Um, guy, the thing about the thing about having the thing about having a mystery set on a train that I find so fascinating is that elementally no one knows anybody. Everyone is a stranger. Right. So as opposed to a closed door mystery where it's like a dinner party or a, a party of any sort or any sort of gathering, a family gathering. Um, where mm. a murder happens, 
everyone knows each other and everyone has their ideas about each other. And on a train, everyone is an, a fucking stranger. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you don't know who is who. And people can tell right. you, just like they do in this episode, they do do this. Yeah. People tell you, I am this person mm-hmm. and they are not. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the thrilling part about a train mystery. Yeah. And they do the, they do these things in this episode. They do them, but they don't yeah. do them well. Not really. Uh, it's very yeah. <laughs> It's sort of disappointing because I feel like everyone that they brought on as a guest mm-hmm. does great with what they're given. Yeah. You know, I think everybody's clearly showing up and their game and it's a fun uh like I mean there's it's just a guest star packed episode. Yeah. And yeah, it just it's kind of a bummer. I feel like you're absolutely right about the the premise of the train where you walk into the car and everybody's looking at you like and I, I have to mention the lady vanishes because yeah. what is crazier than when um, she's like, where's the lady? Where's Miss Miss Froy? Mm-hmm. You know, she was here. She was here. And everybody's just like in the train car, like just staring at her balefully. Like the crazy woman with the mantilla is just like icing her so bad. Like <laughs> tut tut crazy young English woman. <laughs> Miss Froy does not exist. Uh-huh. And then that epic moment where it's like the window in the tunnel. And there it is, Freud. I mean, like, trains give you a thrill that nothing else can provide. Mm -hmm. Because you're hurtling towards something like the element of of time being either, like, at times it is is overly, like, there's too much time and you're just trying to survive, or there's not enough time. And they did play with that in this episode, which I appreciated. So I think everyone in the episode did great with the writing that they were given, but Mm -hmm. it just fell short and it's disappointing because it is kind of a spectacular episode when you think of all of the things that happen in this yeah. episode yeah like on running on the top of the train fist fighting murdering people i i mean like Harp cases you, you never know even even like almost to the very end you still don't know if you can trust ron glass is he really an fbi agent right yeah. like there's just yeah there that was good they played that really lot, well yeah. they played that oh. well because he played it really well like he was very he was very yeah, like he's i'm, unimp- to the I'm max. unimpressed with you. yeah he just and- did not believe anything they were saying <laughs> at one point he's like what's the name of the man you say that you killed like i roll and it's like dude, right what the fuck and when i think about when i think about the heart to heart verse i think uh well this FBI agent knows who they are. Like he's aware of who the, who the hearts are. He knows them. Mm-hmm. He right. definitely knows them. They've been involved in several high profile right. crimes. Yeah. Um, so he also knows that they're innocent of any crime, but he can't let them know that he knows. He right. played he that is perfectly. Undercover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He played it perfectly. But that was, and the- when he finally breaks, it was so satisfying for me. Yeah. Like when he finally was like, I'm FBI. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't perfect. It th- it wasn't perfect. I don't expect these episodes to be perfect. It seems like the- Ever, but it wasn't, it was, didn't strive to be perfect, I think is what I'm, what I'm more disappointed yeah, yeah. with. And again, like if you're just watching it with commercial breaks on Friday night, it's like yeah. a couple weeks before Thanksgiving, you're hyped. Mm-hmm. It's the guest star episode. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good time. Pretty Bunch Moms in it. makes me think of night horrors though, where it's like, a locked door mystery and they don't give you anything and they, they string you along the entire time in this perfect way. But that's, I think that's a lot of cosmically aligning things that you can't really control. That just was so fun in, in a way where this, you can't, I don't think 
that's just magic. That was just so magic happening in a bottle. And it's like, you can't really control that. I feel I think you I, can I, I, I by writing a, it. Like it's the, the train, writing of it is. Train has all the potential that Haunted House has. Right, Absolutely. Right, totally. It's just, it's just squandered. It's train was, was a little bit squandered. I don't know. I feel like we might have different ratings of this episode because I feel like they did. We always have different ratings. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. FYI. Except that. Uh, Sometimes we have the same last ratings. Week, last week, no, two right? weeks, two weeks ago. Just, I think no, we last week rated. we all had different ratings. I gave it a four, oh, yeah. you gave it a two, and you gave it a three, three and a half. And a half. The, the week before we or all you gave it a gave three. It a two, you gave it a three, three. I think the week before last. But I feel like it came together a lot more, even though there are glaring potholes. Like, just get off the fucking train. To me, that's like kind of unforgivable. Yeah, but then you're like in the goddamn middle of nowhere. I know, but still, you're not being... And Ronald Reagan is about to fire 12,000 <laughs> yeah. air traffic controllers. Yeah. Okay. Which, so I guess I'm not. We're just stuck there I'm in Elbow, New Mexico, fully thinking, starting a new yeah, life. Yeah. Or renting a car from Elbow, New Mexico and driving yeah, the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah. Because that Satan Reagan is about to turn all labor uh, laws and rights on its ear. I thought they did a good job with the, the plot of keeping them on the train with Jennifer finding the body and then the body disappearing and then trying to convince that whatever. That was great. That was great. Mm-hmm. That was well done. Yeah. They have a reason to stay on the train now. Then once you know Anne-Marie is a witness she, being protected, get off the fucking train. That's the Every time you say Anne-Marie, I think Anne-Marie, and I'm like, Anne-Marie wasn't in this episode. No, <laughs> Anne-Marie. <laughs> Anne-Marie. That was her name, right? And every time Joe says, why don't you just do that? It's like, I don't know. You know, why do people go in the basement when it's clear that somebody is killing everybody in the house? Yes. Why? So. Well, why? Why are the hearts taking a three-day train ride from Chicago to Los of the, the They could just take a cab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they really could. The that'll, other, be, that'll be seven thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> the other major part of the episode I want to talk about is the weird dreamlike ending of the episode, which is just oh, bizarre. My God. That's a sweeps ending. Yeah. That's like. That's a shot across the bow. That's like, yeah. hey, everybody, the hearts are here. They're a glamorous couple. This show is bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, you're welcome. That's a, I felt like that was a bizarre sort of like so mic drop for Friday night television. Here's a 20-minute helicopter shot of this train car. What so the fuck is up we with that? Explain. we got to explain. Okay. They solve the, the case. They beat up the mother and the son, and they're going to jail. <laughs> Cut to <laughs> cut to what you think is going to be the hearts waking up at home. Oh wait, no, they're still on a train. And then okay, so they took another train ride, I guess, after this. And what does Jonathan say? He says something like, "I promised you a relaxing train ride." Yeah. And didn't Jennifer say whether I wanted it or not? <laughs> and then don't they say something about Basically, it? Basically, yeah, yeah. She's, being she's a train like, mm. off the regular track or something something about it being a train that's not on the regular well track. she it's, knows what's up she she's the train is obviously I mean, not there. moving so right. she knows that jonathan has arranged something and then we pull out the window helicopter shot of them sitting in one train car stationary on a track next to the ocean just helicopter spiral for so dangerous minutes. So yeah. dangerous. First like, of all, way more dangerous than being on a train, a moving train full of murderers is being in yes. a separated yeah. train car on a random train right. track. Also, why would you want this? Terrifying. I don't understand. What There's you no would. way that anyone wants this. Yeah. You just wanted to sleep on a train. So he arranged that. Is that they the, could, 
he could have just put a train in their backyard, yeah. a train car in their backyard, <laughs> and and had Max just like push it. I thought that's what it was going to be. But it was I'd just, rather just go to one of those diners that's in a train car. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, it was so yeah, weird I mean, though. That, like that says uh, bizarre derailment, nightmarish derailment, <laughs> uh, imminent. But that's, for it, me, I'm just like, oh, that's weird. But it kind of went along with sort of like the um, over the top. Mm-hmm. nature of the episode you know yeah. to me it was just like yeah they're just stunting this episode is mm-hmm. one million percent stunting true true i'm surprised true. they weren't like like oh siegfried and breuer in the in the club car <laughs> you know it just was like stunting to the max well then i would have kind through. of get down with <laughs> i would have rather it have been them in them asleep in a train car that was being airlifted yeah. by helicopter to uh, their that house. That would have been amazing. Like that would have been amazing. <laughs> or and to I would like, have been like, yeah, Chicago. <laughs> that's some that's some baller but, shit right there. <laughs> but you've got to admit, like that is for like the end of a heart to heart episode. That's that's ballsy, you know. Like if you're watching that in 1981 on Friday night, it's like, well, damn, like yeah. oh those hearts, you know, because. All the only other stuff that had helicopters in it was either Magnum or like opening sequence to Falcon Crest or something where they're flying <laughs> with the greatest theme song ever. But yeah, and the mash intro had a helicopter. Yeah, Lee McCloskey got in your head. Spooky Lee McCloskey's in your head. Lee, He's come on the pod. There. Come on the pod. Or please just just. Can we just get him to read the intro to the pod and use it forever? Because that voice, that voice. Yeah. Oh, Lee, voice. we love you. I also just think this is something that you wouldn't be able to do these today. Like get a train car to just sit on that track, which is obviously just the coast, like West Coast track. I mean, unless the there's coast some. Starlight. Yeah, yeah, the Coast Starlight track. It's not. I don't think you'd be able to do that. I don't think. I mean, maybe you would. Maybe I'm wrong. But that seems like something that would just not be done now it's like all these dangerous shots that they were doing in the 80s i feel like an action film of some kind would do that i mean you just get the federal permission right yeah maybe you have to do it when there's not whatever and you know that car could have been there for five seconds and then they just come and get it you know like it's a single car so they don't have to have they just need an engine to pull it yeah maybe you're right out of the way it's it didn't it didn't bother me the same way it kind of got Stuck in, in your guys. Oh, car, it but really, really bothered me. I think I'm known for just being like, oh, <laughs> yeah, huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't think about it. It super bothered me. Like, I, I felt like hmm. that was super dangerous for one. It was a, it was an element of danger that the hearts don't engage in. Like, they, they wind up in danger. This was like mm-hmm. an intentional, like, we could super very well. with money move. <laughs> yeah. We could very well. Yeah be smashed into oblivion or just mm-hmm. jettisoned <laughs> off of this cliff. That would be amazing. Uh, to our death. Like that's, and that's yeah. it. Like then end of, end of series. But it was also <laughs> so fucking weird. It's just weird. The weirdness me. of it. I appreciate. I like just the, don't The fact get... that it was so bananas. Just the point of being, of sleeping on a train, the romance of it is that you're traveling and it's beautiful. There's like scenery well, going the by. Movement. Being on a yeah. train, it's the movement. It's the rocking of the train. And to just be on a train it's... car sitting still is just so you're having a liaison on a train you're so about to like punch martin landau out on the face of mount rushmore right so also it's like deal with that they so they had a train car just 
just dragged to a certain location and then, left. And then everyone left. Mm-hmm. So they're just stuck there. But it's to establish, right, that the hearts are rich. And I think it was probably written to seem like this sweeping, crazy, rich person romantic gesture. That's what it is. I think you're but right. it feels it feels incongruous to some of the other mm-hmm. just this the tone and the scope of so many other episodes that don't have yeah. custom helicopter shots in them. So I think it just feels a little bit jarring, even yeah. in the face of all of the weird um, quote unquote romantic things that the hearts do at the end of episodes. Right. It's just like, what the hell? But I also have to say, I won't make a habit of saying that things are stuck in you guys's craw. I'm sorry. For that. <laughs> I don't have a craw. It turned into like Wilford Ellen. Brimley. I do not have a craw. Uh, there's for meat. a hot second. So rewrite, rewrite corner. Rewrite corner. <laughs> yes. I was going to say the one rewrite I do have for the episode is there. Everything's wrapping up. They've beaten up Vernon and his mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then this, this very like Stevie Lawrence Henderson punched Jack. Yeah, this Stevie Nicks yeah. woman walks up through the crowd and she says, "Where's my harp?" <laughs> Just Joanna Newsom. Yes, Joanna Newsom. That's the yeah. end of the episode. And someone found my harp. <laughs> yeah, my harp. Uh, my rewrite is. That instead of just an abandoned train car that they're sleeping in, like hobos, they are the one car with a an engine and a caboose, just one car. Yeah. So it's three. Yeah, that's just and it can be, because ah, the 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 romance of a train ride is the movement of the train. So yeah, yes, that would be awesome. Like how spectacular the would journey it be is the destination. If you only, I'm saying how like that would that would not only show how rich they were, uh, as as you stated, but. It would make sense to me that it was like, we are so rich that we want this spectacular experience, but we don't want to have to deal with any of the baggage that comes with this experience. Mm. There's a, there's an engine and there's a caboose and there is our car and we are the only ones in the car. And there's Max who's making drinks or whatever. And freeway (laughs) is allowed to be on the train freeway who eats ham and cheese sandwiches when there is no kibble. Yeah. Unless there's a BLT. Unless there's a BLT. I just think there's a lot of other things they could have done for this scene that would have been a little bit less confusing for me, but they didn't. And they, I don't know. It's like, there's a lot of things that they could have done. That would have been way more charming and way more. Made I, just, sense I feel like to me. even <laughs> as a kid in 1981, I would have been like, wow, they're abandoned yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> In a train you car. spend an entire work be- week being frantically worried about. And there, well, yeah. there's yeah. they don't have. Yeah, I would have spent my five year old work week yeah. like being terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do show and tell. The hearts are stuck on a cliff in right. a train I'm car. Worried. It's been abandoned. Jr. There cetera. are no phones. There aren't cell phones. We there's LA Mobile, <laughs> but they're not in LA. LA Mobile. LA Mobile. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Well, well, Eric needs dinner. We also need to pick your poke. <laughs> and I'm up first. Um, my first contender was the wheelchaired uh, protector of the nurse lady. I thought he was a little cute. And oh, yeah. And then it became the, F- the FBI agent. Bosley. What's What was his name? The FBI guy? Ron Glass. Ron, Ron Glass. Glass. Yeah. He was so um, very slatterly, very cute. Slatterly. I, uh, I don't know that I have one for this episode. I'm not going to okay. lie. I mean, like I, I, I love all the guest stars, but there's something about 
like I can't I can't be sexually attracted to somebody that's like mother. Like yeah. I can't do that one. Because mm-hmm. think of how cute um Tony Perkins is or Lee McCloskey. Um, cute sounds diminishing. Think of how handsome those guys are, mm-hmm. but do you really get like aroused when they play characters that say mother fifty five times? I personally don't. No mm-hmm. offense to mothers, but I don't have that one. I so, do. Yes. Oh, I'm one hundred percent uh Vernon Vernon Pope. Like uh <laughs> Lee is You hot. you love the the beachy blonde. You love a beachy blonde. I do love blonde. a beachy blonde. I also yeah, I it's he, all American man. He looked so good in Inferno with the mustache. I know. That's a, the that was, was what I was struggling <laughs> with. Jo- like, Joe just I literally see? adjusted himself Inferno. like what? what? <laughs> mustache? Yeah, Inferno. In Inferno he had a mustache and it's he is so insanely hot. All right, well, let's get to ratings. Mm -hmm. Zero to five hearts, starting with Joe. I'm going with a four. Ooh. I I did love it. And even with all its flaws, I still really enjoyed the train and the swinging train music, the lounge car music. This, like, the grandeur of the stunt work on the train, the fights, Mm -hmm. Jonathan on top of the train. It's exciting. The plot is just, like, leaf thin, just doesn't matter for me i love a train so a heart to heart episode set on a train is great i think and pretty much whatever they did i think i was going to give it a pretty high rating unless Hmm. it was cruising for murder or whatever that was called (laughs) getting away with murder because i do love a boat too so i don't love a boat Mm-mm, I don't love about. They did an acceptable I mean, not, plot. Not on the show. They did an acceptable plot, and it was set on a train, which I find very exciting. So, yeah, four. Okay, I'm going to give this the low three. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it a three. Yeah, for all the reasons that I already said. At the end. Also, okay. want to add to my score, Anne Marie. That transformation, I th- find just her being so passive at the beginning, and then just wanting to murder people at the end. I thought was really cool. And <laughs> yeah. as just especially as a side character that they never even really acknowledge that that transformation happened, I think is really cool. What do you give it? Uh, I so I was going to give it a three, uh, keeping in my tradition of being of siding with neck Ellen. and neck with Ellen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but honestly, this and this is very true. Talking about it tonight has raised my opinion of this episode oh, so that's much. Nice. That's great. It was like it really was fun. Like it had all these yeah. great television mm. things. It's, it goes big, man. Yeah. They yeah. went big. It really goes mm. big. But yeah. I can't I can't be too jubilant about it when because freeway wasn't in it well freeway wasn't in it and there was also like it, it it's kind of a shitty episode like it, the, the writing of this episode kind of sucks yeah but i'm gonna give it a 3.5 okay nice wow. uh, it's a good nice. range because i feel like it was i think that's more that's fair that's, yeah that's good yeah. yeah as bad as i do believe it was it wasn't that bad i mean and it it shares a lot with operation murder doesn't it isn't it very no, similar? No. My understanding of Operation Murder is there's an informant, there's a mob ring trying to kill the witness. There's a guy in a wheelchair pretending to be in a wheelchair. Mm, no. I mean, if you want to pick it apart by detail, then yeah, it yeah. has all those same. It's like elements. they applied Operation Murder to but a train. Operation Murder was a dark episode. Like Operation yeah. Murder had a tone. Yeah. That this episode did not have. Mm. But even though like even Jennifer witnessing <laughs> or seeing a dead body and then no one 
people not believing her and then second guessing which room she was in that the guy in the wheelchair, the witness informant, the mob ring, Again, all that stuff. All of these details, even if they are absolutely like connected by red thread on yeah. a weird cork board, they don't equal the same thing. Like mm. the, the, it's not the sum of its parts. Like this operation yeah. murder has a dark tone that is mm-hmm. non-existent in yeah. this episode. I'm finding, mm-hmm. as I'm saying, I have still have such a loose grip on what Operation Murder was about. Honestly, <laughs> I really still don't know. <laughs> I'm so confused about it. <laughs> so maybe that's why I think this. I mean, a, a lot of the same plot elements, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, because history. But yeah, I feel like Operation Murder is a lot tighter in its execution. Mm. It's also a lot like Eric's saying, a lot darker. I think it's yes. much more frightening. Um, Night- nightmarish. Yeah, yeah like the, the the scene where Jennifer witnesses a murder in oh. Operation Murder is She's terrifying. drugged and stumbling yeah. down the hallway. Yeah. As opposed to like finding a body yeah. in her room, which Ugh. which she finds by stepping on its hand, which I, I thought know. was great. And then staring at the camera. It yeah, was that, freeze was, frame. that was really fantastic. Yeah. The freeze frame was tacky. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Heartland Express gets a 10.5, which is a, a heart attack. Heart attack, very low. It's low, but it's in it. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's involved in heart attackdom. Mm-hmm. Ellen, <laughs> what are we doing next? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, Next week, originally airing on November 10th, 1981, we'll be discussing what becomes a murder most. (laughs) Jonathan scrambles to protect his wife from becoming the next victim when two high society ladies who'd modeled luxurious furs with Jennifer for an advertising campaign are found murdered. Ooh. Hmm. Sounds like birder. This sounds like I'm going to love it. Yeah. But I'm skeptical. Hmm. We'll see. I love the Black Llama ad campaign reference for the title. <laughs> what becomes a murder most? I, I, this is an episode that I like. There's some over the top shit. It's amazing. I'm excited. But- I'm excited because I'm excited to watch any episode now that we're doing one a week. Uh <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for sticking with us through this amazing journey that train we're on. Ride. This amazing train ride. <laughs> As your conductor, I would like for you to <laughs> remain in your cabin. I'm the, until the train is waiter. Please stop. Uh, and Ellen's the harpist. <laughs> I would also like for you to rate us and review us on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on. Yeah. Um, please, it helps. Uh, also follow us on Instagram at it was murder pod. Follow us on Twitter at it was murder pod. And you can email us if you have anything to say to us, including <laughs> you're wrong. If you're, if yeah. you're, if your email is you're wrong, send it to it was murder pod at gmail.com <laughs> or your minute maxes Send your minute. Please maxes send your minute maxes. We need more. Thank you, uh, Jenny and bill for yeah. another fantastic minute max. That was so fun. Yeah, you really got you. to the harp of it. <laughs> <laughs> Be God. still my beating Please harp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, we we don't we didn't get to see freeway, and I don't happen to have a BLT in my pocket, but I could make a ham and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> what? Good night, freeway. Good night, freeway. Good night, freeway. Good night, freeway.